0: Welcome back to the Prodigal Son Podcast. This is a safe space where we explore our inner worlds with compassion, curiosity, and grace. I am your host, Jay Rochelle. And I am extremely grateful for your listening ears, for your time your presence, and your energy. If you are new to the podcast, um, this is an introspective series about returning home to self. Um, I was actually featured on a podcast um, last week, The Revolution of Wholeness, and I was talking a little bit about how I believe that we come here whole Meaning that when we are spirits who are um, entering into this world as babies, we come here whole. We come here perfect. And I think that over the course of our lives, we are groomed and conditioned and expected to chip away at ourselves to become more palatable, uh, more likable, more successful. And over time, all of that conditioning and programming and uh, otherwise grooming is eventually going to change the nature of who we are. So prodigal son is uh, sort of a love child that was born as I was journeying through that, as I was um, trying to find my way back home to my authentic self. Uh, the, the self that feels most fulfilled and uh, seen and heard and loved and uh, real. So I'm grateful to have you here in this space uh, today on episode six of Prodigal Son, Papa Don't Take No Mess. We are talking about boundaries, y'all. Now, if you joined me last week for Episode 5, Loyalty, 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 then um, you may have heard me touch on the topic of boundaries briefly, but I felt like this week it was necessary to give it its own episode. So let's get into it. Now, um, what is a boundary exactly? A boundary is essentially a line. It's a line that essentially separates or defines where we begin and where we end in relationship to another person. And there are uh, different types of boundaries too, such as emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries, intellectual boundaries material boundaries, physical boundaries. There are um, a few different types of boundaries. But the purpose and intention of every kind of boundary is to keep us safe in relationships and also to keep the people that we're in relationship with safe too. So as much of a bad rap as boundaries get sometimes, at the core... They really are just designed to keep us and the people that we're in relationship with safe. And when you put it that way, when you frame it that way, it's kind of hard to argue with them, right? Um, it should feel like a gift to both parties when boundaries are set because the boundary essentially says like, hey, I value you. I care about you and I care about myself, and I want to make sure that we both feel that as we're navigating this connection. That is the purpose of a boundary. Boundaries communicate to people that you're in relationship with, or community, or connection with um, how to treat you, how to uh, engage with you, how Uh, to behave around you in a way that makes sense, in a way that makes you feel safe, rather. And um, also what to expect. They are drawn from an understanding of your personal beliefs, of your personal perspectives, of your personal experience, and your personal values. So no one can make or set a boundary on your behalf, because boundaries are specifically drawn from your personal experience. Now, there's also a difference between healthy boundaries and unhealthy boundaries, which is something that I really had to work through in therapy myself. Um, a healthy boundary creates more space for connection. A healthy boundary sort of sets the parameters for there to be more room to engage, to build trust, to, um, build closeness and intimacy, but an unhealthy boundary is designed to keep people out. It keeps everything and everybody out and not just the bad stuff, not just the bad people, but everybody, the good people and the good things too. So I think that, um, We often have to check in with ourselves to figure out whether or not our boundaries are leaving room for us to let people in or if they are building walls to keep people out. And I really struggle with that for a long time. I really struggle with um, the difference between healthy and unhealthy boundaries because I went so long. Without setting boundaries at all, that when I finally uh, learned to set boundaries, I went to the opposite extreme and I wanted to shut everything and everybody out because I didn't know how to decide or determine or articulate what I needed to feel safe. And I didn't trust anything or anybody to be close to me because I knew that I didn't know at the core. <laughs> I didn't even know how to keep myself safe. And so, um, the best option that I that I felt I had at the moment was just to close everything out. And that is an extremely lonely place to be. That isolation is not healthy and it doesn't support um, healing and growth. I think solitude is necessary for healing and growth. But isolation can become a very different kind of beast and work against the very thing that Um, we're aiming to do, which is heal. And that was the case for me. I had set boundaries that were so rigid that nobody could get close to me, even though uh, in all honesty, I wanted closeness. I wanted intimacy. I wanted connection. I wanted companionship, but I wasn't leaving myself open and I wasn't Setting boundaries um, from a healthy place that left enough room for me to receive the very thing that I wanted and I needed. So I think it's important to, again, check in when setting a boundary with self just to make sure that um, we are setting ourselves up for what we need and want and not moving further away from it. The next question is, how do you know when it's time to set a boundary? Or or what happens when we don't? What happens when we don't set boundaries? And number one is burnout. Burnout is inevitable when we don't set boundaries because there's no limit to anything. A boundary is a healthy limit. And without healthy limits, we give everything we have away, and there's nothing left for self. So, there's no energy. There's no motivation. There's no enthusiasm. There's nothing left for self except this uh, lingering, permanent feeling of exhaustion, of tiredness, of, of just fatigue feels like a, a a kind of fatigue that you can't get rid of it, no matter how much you sleep you're still tired no matter how much you rest you're still tired and it's because we haven't set limits to how much we give and more than likely are not setting boundaries that hold the people that we're in relationship with accountable to some degree of reciprocity So burnout for sure is inevitable uh, when we don't set boundaries. Another thing that comes up when we uh, don't set boundaries is guilt and anxiety. It's like feeling guilty all of the time. And sometimes that guilt is the reason that we don't set boundaries. Sometimes it's both. Guilt can be the reason that we don't set a boundary. And guilt can also be the consequence of not setting boundaries. And I think that it's important to look at that for what it is. Not judge it. Just look at it for what it is. Like, if, if there's guilt on both sides, then what do you lose by setting a boundary? If the guilt comes up to prevent me from setting a boundary, and then after I refuse to set a boundary, I feel guilty still, then I might as well set the boundary. (laughs) <laughs> i might as well set the boundary another sign that is time to set boundaries is um feeling agitated or annoyed with out any like real i'm hesitant to say real because i think every everything that we feel is valid now everything that we feel is not truthful but everything that we feel is valid but what I mean is that you sort of find yourself aggravated or annoyed before you even engage with a person. Like you can be driving to their house and you're already agitated because, like, you're going over there, like, oh man, I know that she's gonna ask me for some more money, or I know she's gonna ask me to do something when I get over here, and I really just wanna chill. And sometimes that annoyance is a huge signal that we haven't set boundaries that are strong enough or we haven't set boundaries at all Um, and I think adjacent to that is resentment sometimes when we go for so long without setting a boundary in a relationship we begin to resent the person that we're in relationship with and sometimes that resentment is not the other person's fault it's our fault because we haven't said hey these are my limitations And, and after Um, Those limitations are crossed and exceeded or disregarded for so long, then resentment starts to build. Um, But nobody can honor a limitation that we don't communicate. Nobody can honor a limitation that we haven't expressed. It has to be verbal. Um, And honestly, that was the thing that kept coming up. Um in my relationships across the board like not not just one relationship but it was one of those patterns that I had to address it's like hey like I am not expressing my needs verbally or I'm not expressing them in a way that um, the people that I'm in a relationship with can understand so I find myself in this habit of feeling and becoming resentful in these connections and if I'm honest about it the common denominator is me Um, So I can definitely attest to resentment building and resentment as a sign that we either have poor boundaries or lack boundaries altogether. And again, when those truths come up like that, the worst thing I can do is beat myself up for the pattern. The best, most productive thing I can do is get to the root of it. Because getting to the root of it will help me understand it in a way that makes whatever change I make more profound and impactful and it'll resonate in the relationships differently. So I've had to hold myself accountable for that, but certainly a sign that it's time to set a boundary. Because resentment is a very human emotion. It's a natural emotion, but it's not healthy. It's not healthy to harbor resentment in any connection. So resentment can be a very loud and resounding signal that it is indeed well past time to set a boundary. So how do we set boundaries how do we go about defining um, our boundaries the boundaries that we need to set in a healthy way to nurture and cultivate authentic intimate relationships that are built on trust and safety well first of all we have to be intimately aware of our own limits we have to be able to see and know and name our limits that's step number one we have to know um how much we can take how much we can do how we want to feel how we want to feel is incredibly important to consider um, it's a really important question to ask when it comes to boundary setting because uh, the the way that we want to feel is directly related to what our limitations need to be in order to cultivate more of that feeling. In order to avoid whatever the opposite of that feeling is, we have to know what it is that we want to feel. Um, and be able to articulate that what leaves me feeling energized what makes me feel seen what makes me feel heard what makes me feel safe what makes me feel supported what makes me feel valued what do I look forward to you know um and sometimes the opposite questions can help you get to the root of, of the boundary that you need to set to. Like what is it, causing me stress? What is uh, causing me to feel drained? What am I exhausted or annoyed by? Um, am I feeling any resentment? What is making me feel resentful? And, and that question is less about who is making me feel resentful or who I feel resentful toward, but more what is it about this experience that is feeding feelings of resentment? What am I dreading? What do I feel drained by? These are all questions that can help us get to a better understanding of our limitations and um, the boundaries that we need to set in order to cultivate more of the experiences that we want to have and less of the experiences that we don't. And once we have that understanding, we have to be able to communicate it. And uh, when we're communicating, I think one of the most helpful tools that I've gotten from therapy is the I-statement rule. It's that when we're talking about How we want to feel when we're trying to set a boundary to make sure that we use I statements. So instead of coming into a conversation where we need to set a boundary by saying, hey, you don't make me feel heard, it would be um, more beneficial to both sides to go into the conversation and say, well, I don't feel heard when I'm noticing that this particular experience leaves me feeling unheard. This particular uh, set of events, this this particular series of events left me feeling unseen. This habit, this pattern makes me feel unheard. It's all about it coming back to self and, and centering self in a healthy way in these conversations so that the conversation about boundaries does not start with finger pointing because I firmly believe that the intention we carry into conversations, the tone that we begin a conversation with absolutely influences how that conversation will go. So we got to be open to communicating our boundaries. We got to be able to communicate from uh, a place of personal understanding, of personal accountability and not a place of finger pointing. And the other side of communicating a boundary is knowing that you're going to have to repeat it. I am definitely one of those people who does not like to repeat myself. I don't like to feel like I have to repeat myself. But when it comes to boundaries, it does require us to reiterate them because we are not the only person in that experience. We're not in relationships by ourselves. We're in relationships with other people who have their own emotional experience, who have their own life shit going on, who um, have their own life experiences that shape how they hear and receive and experience things as well. So you have to be able to um, reiterate a boundary and not from a place of annoyance, but to say, hey, uh, if you remember, I recently shared that I wanted to feel this way or I recently shared with you that this particular experience or pattern leaves me feeling this way. And I just want to remind you that in order to feel safe, in order to feel secure, in order to make me feel safe to open up to you, I need XYZ. Because everybody's not going to get it the first time. And if we make the mistake of taking it personally when someone does not automatically. Um, get with the program. After we communicate a boundary for the first time, then we we set ourselves up for unnecessary stress and um, it gets harder for everybody involved. And I know that from a personal experience because I've done it. I've definitely been frustrated at the need to reiterate a boundary. Um, And it took therapy. It took community and accountability to help me Move through that, but not being unwilling to reiterate a boundary is just as important as communicating the boundary initially. And then, after we have defined and communicated the boundary, we have to uphold it. <laughs> and uh, that. has been challenging for me in my personal experience because even if i know why i need to set a boundary sometimes upholding it is hard because uh one accountability is just is is not fun all of the time i think accountability is rewarding i think it's important i think it's necessary but it doesn't always feel good so sometimes I've had trouble upholding boundaries just because the discomfort is like, sometimes it feels unbearable to be real. Sometimes it feels unbearable to say, yo, like, I set this boundary because I wanted us both to feel safe. I set this boundary because I wanted us both to have room to grow. I set this boundary because I wanted us both to feel safe and respected in this, this space that we've cultivated in this connection that we've cultivated together. And um, I don't feel like my boundary is being respected. That's hard, especially for people who don't like confrontation. Um, Trauma can affect the way that we uh, experience that part of the experience, um, how comfortable we feel upholding a boundary. But one of my therapists says something. really important that has stuck with me for years when I was having a conversation with her about boundary setting and about the difficulty of it because I had been in this situation uh, that I was struggling to set boundaries in and had come to therapy with that frustration and, and that hurt and that resentment and in therapy talk through the boundaries that needed to be set and talk through how to communicate those boundaries and also talked about the consequences for when those boundaries are not respected or consequences or how to move forward when I encounter someone who simply is not willing to honor a boundary because that happens too. That definitely happens too. And, um, basically the situation that I had put myself in was that I set a boundary and, um, wasn't upholding the boundary of myself and, and in that was sort of giving my power away because I would come back to therapy every week like oh man this person disrespected my boundary and it made me feel like this and I feel like this and now I'm frustrated and, and they just won't respect the boundary and they just won't change this and they just won't do that and my therapist looked at me and said well I understand that They aren't doing this, but what is stopping you from holding the boundary? What is stopping you from essentially honoring the consequences that you set? Because the the part of the exercise in therapy when setting the boundary was to set the boundary and then to also, on paper, uh, actually we did the whole process on paper. We had to define the boundary on paper communicate the boundary on paper, like write out plainly what the boundary was, and then also write out what would happen if the boundary was not honored. It was already on paper. It was already laid out. But even though the boundary wasn't being respected, I wasn't holding myself accountable to the consequences of boundary being violated or the consequences of this person not being willing to meet a boundary that I set. And my therapist said, well, what's stopping you? You're giving your power away. You keep talking about what's happening to you. You keep talking about what this other person is doing to you, but where is your personal responsibility? And it was hard because basically... The consequence of the boundary not being honored, which was a safety boundary, was not being able to be in community. And that was hard because it you know, brought up all this other shit like, that I had to deal with. Like, okay, well, does that mean that we have to end our friendship altogether? Does that mean that I can't ever talk to this person again? Does that mean that I can't you know, ever be friends with this person in the future? Like, there's all these other things that come up in response to that and so although it is really difficult we have a whole lot of personal responsibility to uphold our own boundaries and all sides of it, all all sides of it the good and the bad the empowering and the uncomfortable parts of that experience and it's easier said than done i know it's easier said than done for sure but is really necessary and important. So we have to be willing and ready to stand firm in our decision while being reminded all the while of what the purpose and benefit of the boundary is in the first place, which is to cultivate safety, cultivate closeness, to cultivate intimacy, to cultivate trust. And so if a person is not willing to honor a boundary, what they are essentially saying in that choice is, I am not willing to keep you safe. I am not someone you can trust. I am not a place that you will feel secure. And that's, it sounds harsh. But if the person the purpose of a boundary is safety and a person is unwilling to honor a boundary, Then it means that they don't have the capacity or the desire to cultivate safety with me. And then I have to be willing to stand firm in whatever decision is necessary for me to make in response to that. But I can't run away from the truth. I have to be willing to honor my own boundaries first. Because if I'm not honoring my boundaries, then I can't really be mad at everybody else for not honoring boundaries, right? We have to honor boundaries ourselves too. Boundaries again are here to help us shape our experience, to help us define and decide what kind of experiences we want to have, and to bring us more of the kind of experiences that we want to have and less of the kind of experiences that we we don't want to have. So, upholding a boundary. Although it is difficult, brings us closer to peace. Upholding a boundary brings us closer to safety. Upholding a boundary brings us a sense of security. And upholding a boundary is a demonstration of our personal power. It is how we own, embrace, harness and protect our personal power. And our personal power is one of the most important tools that we have. So it's also important to realize and understand that everybody will not have a positive experience to new boundaries that you set. Even if you do it by the book, even if you use I statements, even if you communicate clearly and directly the purpose of the boundary, even if you do everything right, there are people who still will not respond well new boundaries there are people who be who will be resistant and there are people who might even get angry with you for setting a boundary um and what I found as a person who's been on both sides of that who's uh, been a person who set a boundary and received resistance and anger as a response and also a person who has Responded to somebody else's boundary with anger and resistance is that um, for me at least, the anger that I felt, the resistance and uh, retaliation that I felt when somebody set a boundary with me, sometimes it wasn't even about that person or that boundary. It was about all of the times that I refused to set a boundary or I overstepped my own boundaries to stay. In connection with somebody. So basically, a person set a boundary with me, and my response to that boundary was, Oh, now you wanna set a boundary. I gave all of this away for you. I sacrificed XYZ for you. I did XYZ for you. I overstepped my own boundaries for you. I was overcompensating for you. I was overperforming for you. And now you're telling me. You can't do the same thing for me. You know what I mean? And so it's like a little bit contradictory because my anger was honestly largely about suddenly realizing all of the times that I refused to uphold my own boundaries, refused to set my own boundaries. So I wasn't necessarily mad about the boundary somebody was setting with me. But them exercising their right to set a boundary pissed me off because it made it painfully clear in that moment when they were setting the boundary that I had the right to do the whole, the same thing the whole time and didn't, you know what I mean? Like, so, ah, man, like I gave all of this away. I did all this and now you won't do it for me. Now you're telling me you can't. Now you're telling me it's not healthy for you to do the same for me. Well, it wasn't healthy for me to do it for you either. And that's not something that's fun to admit, but that was the truth. That's the truth about um, my experience. And so I think I say that to say that it's important to not internalize other people's reactions to your boundaries. You have to center yourself. Like I said, again, boundaries are drawn from your personal experience. Boundaries are created for your personal safety. So, any response that you get from anybody that is negative in response to your boundaries is not something that you have to internalize, not something that you need to internalize. It's not your responsibility to internalize. I think what is our responsibility in boundary setting is checking in to say, hey, how you? is this a healthy boundary? Is it an unhealthy boundary? Is it an invitation or is it a wall? If it's an invitation, then I absolutely shouldn't take anything I get in response to setting that boundary personally. If it's a wall, then I have to re- reevaluate my approach and maybe go about it differently. But um, not internalizing it is key. Um, and that brings me to my next point, actually, which is what happens if somebody won't respect my boundary? And I think one, you got to figure out whether or not a boundary is negotiable because not every boundary is permanent. Boundaries have to be firm, but they can evolve and they can change over time. They can evolve with the connection or alongside it. So I think we got to figure out whether or not the boundary is negotiable. And then two, um, consider what's happening. Look at all the factors look at all of the context again is this anger um my my responsibility to hold my responsibility to make make space for um journaling through that can be super helpful too journaling about the experience and then reading it back objectively can help you see things as they are and not from an internalized perspective um but I think we also have to accept that just just at the base level, some people will not respect the boundary no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter how we say it. And with that, we have to be willing to practice uh, healthy detachment. And I say healthy detachment because I think ghosting is harmful and, um, not something that i would encourage but also if the purpose of a boundary is to keep myself safe and a person i've communicated the boundary with is unwilling to participate in keeping me safe and me keeping me safe then the need for more time space and distance becomes apparent um it's saying I can care about a person. I can love a person and also acknowledge that the best way for me to care for and love this person is from a distance. The healthiest, safest way for me to care for this person is to not engage with them. And that's hard. That's hard because a whole lot of grief comes up in response to that always. Um, but it can be necessary if the unwillingness to uphold, respect, or honor a boundary persists. It can't be necessary. And I also want to say that life ain't black and white, there's a whole lot of gray. So sometimes it may be necessary to set a boundary to create distance with a person um, that we care deeply for, a friend we've had for 20 years a family member who helped us get through a really tough time. It There's nothing black and white about it. We don't have to hate a person just because we needed to set a boundary with them. And this is something that came up in an earlier episode, but I want to reiterate that things are not always black and white. So where time and distance is necessary, love is not always lost. And it's not, wrong for us to acknowledge or honor that. I actually think it supports moving through the grief that comes with having to set a hard boundary with somebody. Because just because a person is not able to provide the safety or the care The particular thing that you need doesn't mean that they have to be a bad person altogether. It just means that maybe our needs and wants aren't compatible. Maybe my definition of safety and your definition of safety, maybe what I need to feel safe and what you need to feel safe are two very different things. And we would only harm ourselves more by trying to force ourselves to stay in a connection that doesn't have enough room for both of us to feel and cultivate safety. So I think honoring the duality of things is important in all of the healing work, including boundary setting. Um, because not everybody who is unable to honor a boundary is doing it from a malicious place. Sometimes people can only meet you as far as they've met themselves and they haven't met themselves far enough to be able to meet you where you need to be met. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. And those are the times that are um, a little bit murky to navigate, but I think grace, compassion and patience are always supportive when we run into those kind of scenarios. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of that, there are people who are intentionally deciding not to honor a boundary. And if Papa don't take no mess, then Papa gotta t- Papa got to set the boundary and stand on it. Papa gotta set a boundary with his whole chest and be able to honor it with his whole chest. You know, again, it all comes back to personal safety personal fulfillment and only we can decide what feeds or detracts from that so it's not always easy but it is always always necessary safety is a basic human need for all of us safety is a basic need And boundaries are a practical way to provide that for self, to protect ourselves in a practical way. So, guilt may come up, anxiety may come up, but none of those emotions should detract from the necessity of boundary setting. So, I know. It is easier said than done. So I want to share a couple of resources to help you feel supported as you navigate boundary setting. Um, Netra Glover Tawab is a licensed therapist who has written two books that um, have great reviews, rave reviews. I bought the first one, and it is super helpful, but she recently published a second one. The first book is called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. Again, that's by Netra Glover-Tawab, N-E-T-R-A. Her last name is T-A-W-W-A-B. Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide for Reclaiming Yourself. Is the first book, and the second book is Drama Free, a guide to navigating unhealthy family relationships. So grab those books if you can. Um, They might be accessible at your local library. I know that they are available for purchase at multiple online retailers. I always encourage people to support indie, local, and um, small business bookshops as often as we can. Um, I believe there might be an audiobook available too, but I'm unsure about that. However, those two books are great resources for um, navigating boundary setting, whether you are new to it or true to it. So I would definitely wanted to leave you with those recommendations. As always, I'm sending you so much love. I'm always rooting for you. I know that you deserve safety. And I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you in every decision and every change, every boundary that you need to set to cultivate that for you. You are more than worthy of having your basic needs met. Safety being one of them. So... I hope that you love yourself enough to show up for yourself in that way. I hope that you love yourself through this process of setting boundaries with compassion and grace. I hope that you are willing to be patient with yourself through this process, too. Because it is a process, y'all. But you are worth the time and energy, always. I hope that the rest of your day is supportive. I hope that all your needs are met and that you get as many of your wants as possible, too. Thank you for joining me for episode six, Papa Don't Take No Mess. Thank you for your time, energy, and listening ears. As always, I am your host, Jay Rochelle. You can tap in with me online at J-R-Y-C-H-E-A-L on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also join my newsletter at humanizingblackness.com. I would love to stay in touch. Love to stay connected. Until then, I'll see you next time.